Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, an Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the movie theater popcorn guy, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Hey, I'm doing okay. Oh, that's good. You putting extra butter on that fucking popcorn? Too much. Too much butter. Swimming in butter? It's soup with a tiny few kernels (laughs) of popcorn swimming around in it. You drink it with a straw. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that sounds gross. You're just ruining the movie experience for everyone. Nah, everyone just loves handfuls of butter. Mm, Just be a huge jerk and just don't give them a napkin either. Yeah, you don't have a napkin. What the fuck do you think you're doing? This is a movie. You're not, you know, going into a fancy olive garden or something. Yeah, right. Well, they have cloth napkins there anyway. Do they? I've never been. I'm not fancy enough, apparently. Do they even have olive gardens in Australia? No, they do not. You don't even have Taco Bell, so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, fuck us. (laughs) You got KFC, though. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. (sighs) The fanciest of establishments. Yeah, Australia, Kentucky, yep. (laughs) So did you do anything fun this week? Well, I just ordered a video game from Domino's. Oh, you actually did it? I did it. Did you get the pizza yet? (laughs) Yes, the pizza is gone. That was, it was, it was like an extra thrown in. They delivered the pizza and I considered throwing it on the ground and being just like, no thanks. I just want the game. But, you know, I ate it. I humored the delivery man. Oh, man. But, yes. So, what game did you get with your pizza? Domino's Pizza has a promotion here for three pizzas, a garlic uh, bread, okay. a drink, and Final Fantasy fourteen, the complete <laughs> edition. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, that. Yeah. I just thought, <laughs> fuck it. I've got to have this. I've got to have Domino's deliver me video games now. So... Amazon schmamazon. Yeah, it's all about that (laughs) Domino's delivery system. Yeah. Uh, So how much was this smorgasbord? It was 60 bucks. That's an incredible deal. (laughs) I know. Even in America, I would pay $60 American for that. I could imagine the infomercial... But wait, there's more. You even what get pizza with this game. What? The I was just going to order game? the game. Because even, okay, for the PlayStation 4, that game is like $60 regularly when it's not on sale. Plus you get three fucking pizzas and garlic not, bread. Not just pizzas. Premium pizzas. These are the chicken ones. These are the shrimp pizzas. These are the top of the line. Wait, wait, wait. Shrimp pizzas? Oh, yeah. Don't even get me started on that shit, but... (laughs) Chicken pizzas. You gotta pay extra for that. Okay, let's go back to the shrimp pizza, though. No, Uh, let's not. Can we please? Like, what flavor? Let's unleash this demon. (laughs) Is it, like, shrimp marinara? Like, shrimp alfredo? It's just prawn pizza. Oh my god, does it have like Vegemite spread on it? What the fuck? No. Did you give that one to the kids? It's a surf and turf pizza. There's prawns, there's steak. No. (laughs) From Domino's? Yes. (laughs) Oh my god. 
It's where you go for seafood. Uh, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you go into Domino's, you pick out the lobster you want, they kill it in front of you. (laughs) They take the knife and just slice it right through his head and crack it down. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. They pour on the butter soup. Oh, oh good. Uh, okay, so since we're talking about fast food, I mean, you guys got McDonald's. What kind of weird shit do they have at McDonald's in Australia? (sighs) Is that insensitive to our Australian listeners? We don't have any Australian listeners. It's we're the second. It's Australia's the second highest listener count. Um, that's all me. Comp- <laughs> I, I, I don't think it is anymore. I just listen, listen to the podcast on loop. <laughs> just get to the end, and I'm like, rewind. Oh my god! I mean, I do too. But... <laughs> and are you afraid of the dark podcast? Like do boo do bye. Anyway, uh, it's not really that odd here. Uh. I mean, Australian burgers, like what's considered the works, you know, if you're getting a full Aussie burger, it will have pineapple on it. Mm, Okay. It'll have beetroot. So beets. Uh, What? Yeah. You got to have pineapple, egg, and beets on a burger here. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of like becoming popular over here nowadays because all the fucking chefs on Food Network are like, don't even fucking serve me a burger unless it's got a raw sunny side up egg on top. This is but, a fried egg. Yeah. Okay. And they serve so, that shit at McDonald's? Uh, There's a burger called the McGaz, which has beetroot on it. I don't know how I feel about this, Brandon. I've tried it. It's... Yeah. Not terrible, but it's also not something you'd try and be like, how have I had burgers without this? Yeah, right. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, sorry it's not more exciting. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. I don't imagine that beetroot has any flavor, so it's okay. It's It tastes like wet. Oh, God, no. It's slippery. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Alright, you want to get into this episode? (laughs) Uh, how are you how are you this week Cortland? <laughs> uh i'm really tired man it's been super hot over here this week and i work in a factory so amplify that by like 1.25 times hot Ugh. and Ugh. yeah it sounds nightmarish it's not great and then also you know i like to listen to my podcasts and stuff while i'm working and i have like over the ear noise canceling headphones and it's been really hard to keep them on because, like, I, I I take them off and just this, like, puddle of sweat just, like, plooshes down under the ground. Because, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> but, gotta have my podcasts. <laughs> gotta have my pods. Yes, exactly. Um, but today it's supposed to be, like, 96 to 98 degrees outside, which means it'll probably be, like, 110, 115 inside, and it's going to be... I think it might actually be considered torture for me to work um, at my job today. Huh. Sorry. So we'll see what happens. A lot of people are going to call off. I think a couple people have vacation days in. So it's probably going to be not much work to do anyway, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. All right. If you die, let me know. Uh Oh, yeah. If Like, my wife will probably tell you, so don't worry. Okay, good. 
I don't know if it'll be a priority though. You'll probably just be like, "Huh, I haven't heard from Cortland in a week." <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're not recording the podcast this week. Whatever. Oh, gee whiz. I won't follow First week up we've on missed this in like four months. <laughs> All right, you ready to get into this uh, episode that we got going on today? Sure. Okay. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Brandon and I just got done watching the tale of Locker Twenty Two. Mm. Uh, what do you think about this one, Brandon? Huh. This episode was okay. It was yeah, just okay. It was uh not quite as good as the last two episodes we watched. I think it wasn't a hungry hounds. Uh, you know what I think this episode was. What's that? I think it was the love child of the Hungry Hounds and the Prom Queen. Mm, it definitely had the ghostly aspect of Prom Queen. Yeah, and the, oh, I need to fucking do this dead person's stuff of Hungry Hounds. Wow, you're right. Yeah, I also would argue that it is, uh, it's got Aunt fucking Dark Music and Uncle Sorcerer's Apprentice. Jesus Christ. Because the music in this episode is fucking on par as worst with hungry with dark music the setting is in the high school just like sorcerer's apprentice oh it's kind of got a little bit of a midnight madness vibe to it in terms of like the day drinking thing we'll get there later though it's really just a frankenstein episode yeah it's a culmination of every episode (laughs) leading up to the tail locker bloody body parts of all these different stories that other people told yep we're like, check out what I created all on my own, guys. And David's like, oh my god, Kristen. Oh my god. Episode, How did you think of that, Kristen? <laughs> You're the best storyteller of all of us, Kristen. Why aren't you the Midnight Society leaner? Yeah. So, I didn't dislike this episode. Wasn't But uh, I'm ready for a not Kristen episode. Which, not to say that, you know, negative towards Final Wish, but... I want somebody else to tell me a fucking story. <laughs> Where's at, my Betty Ann story? We're at two stories from Kristen out of three. Like, this is reaching Betty Ann levels of repeat storytellers. The only difference yeah. is Betty Ann is always on point. Yeah. Betty Ann could tell me every single story, and I'd be all right with it. It could be the Betty Ann Society, and I would show up <laughs> every week, sit on my log, yeah. and see what she's got. See what tale she's spinning this week. Yeah, she doesn't need gimmicks. She doesn't need shit. She just shows up and tells some dope-ass story. Mm-hmm. Very true. All right, you ready to get into this, then? Yes. Okay, I think I said that like four times now. So. You have. I'm just ready to get into this. All right, let's get into it. Thrilling tale. Let's get in it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. All right. So the episode begins immediately with Frank telling us about an axe murderer with blood dripping from their weapon. And then David walks by and says, or a mummy wrapped in rotting bandages. And then yeah. Betty Ann is just right next to Frank. And she says, or what about a razor sharp hook where her hand should be? I actually didn't like, recognize Betty Ann. I saw her. You never I, recognized Betty Ann. I The first episode of this season, I... Saw her and I was like, oh, that's Betty Ann. Is she played by a different actress? And then I was like, no, that's her. That's the same girl. 
But yeah. in this episode, when I saw Betty Ann, I literally thought, oh, this must be a new character. This must be her introduction <laughs> to the Midnight Society and that she's going to tell the story. And then it was like, oh, Betty Ann, you so silly. And like, what? That's Betty Ann. Yeah. All the kids got really, I mean, no, not really old, but they got quite a bit older since season one. Yeah, it's noticeable. David's got like a puberty beard. <laughs> he's got like, he's like, hey, guys. <laughs> hey, Kristen, you're so hey. amazing. <laughs> uh, he does it again this episode. He does. Which we'll get to in just a second here. But then Kiki walks by all three of them and she's doing this. She's doing the robot. <laughs> she says, no, no. What about a zombie with sunken eyes and walking all stiff-like? I'm glad somebody mentioned zombies at some point. Me too. We finally got some zombie action. I want a good, solid zombie story. And it's not going to be from Kristen, so I don't know what the hell Kiki's talking about. Oh, Yeah, do they even know Kristen? Uh, David does, real well. (laughs) She tells stories based on dumb dresses. That's her thing. She does. She's not going to show up dressed like a zombie. After that crap happens, Gary steps out of nowhere and says, sounds like Kristen's up tonight, which at first I thought was just like a dumb thing for him to say, since all of those stories sound interesting and two thirds of Kristen's stories so far have been kind of boring. But then Frank says they're trying to guess what kind of act she's going to pull to scare them. And she always brings crappy props. So it kind of made sense after after that. Well, she didn't bring the dog to scare them. He was just there to like bark and be a dog. Just ruin the story for the children. Just like... And everybody's like, Kristen, please. I, I, I can't hear the, the story. are going to call the police. I've missed like three scenes. <laughs> you won't shut up. He's hungry. Please feed him. <laughs> oh, so the, after that shit happens, we get a shot of David and he says... I liked it when she dressed up like the prom queen. Of course you did. Of course you did, David. Yeah. You know who else liked it when he dressed up as a prom queen? Eric. Hey, let's ask Eric what he thought. Oh, wait, where's Eric? Oh, he doesn't fucking exist anymore. (laughs) I really like when she dressed up in toilet paper, didn't you guys? (laughs) Guys, remember the toilet paper? Wasn't that so... It was so neat. She's like Lady Gaga. (laughs) You remember when Eric... Whoever that is. And Betty Annie... You got knocked in the fucking fire, guys. Kristen did that. We were so scared, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the kids all agree. The prom queen shit was great. Whatever. And and then they just kind of hope that she gets there soon. And then the kids hear a noise and they look out into the forest and Kristen pops out. And she's wearing a bandana and like a midriff showing shirt. Just a bunch of hippie shit. She raises her hand in a V and says, Peace. Love. Duh. She steps out of those woods like she is stepping out of a limo onto the red carpet. <laughs> and the paparazzi is just eating it up. She's smiling. <laughs> she is proud of herself. Like, oh my God. I am just killing this. And everybody Ugh. gasps. And they're like, Whoa. And it's like, yeah, you shut up dressed like a hippie. Fucking so what? I Okay, I don't know about you, but I don't like the the aesthetic of hippie era clothing and shit. I think it looks horrible. Eh, it's alright. I don't like the 70s. 
Like, that's because you are the man, and yeah, they are fighting against your tyranny. Well, I just hate like late sixties, early seventies. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like the movies. I don't like the music. I don't like the clothes. Some of the best movies came out around those time. New Hollywood directors, like what? Tell me, Brandon, what movies came out then that are good? Hmm? <sighs> All of a sudden, I can't think of a single movie that came out in that 20-year stretch that is any good. <laughs> no, just just like like 68 to like 72-ish, 3. I don't like that. <laughs> All right. I mean, I don't really care for 70s music in general, but... Eh. Just not a fan of Vietnam. Yeah, Vietnam sucked. Yeah. Nam these was kids, tough, man. These kids don't mention Vietnam. <laughs> no, they don't. They really don't. It's shocking. They don't care about that shit. That these 12-year-olds aren't sitting down <laughs> talking, <laughs> talking about the jungle, what wow. they saw. <laughs> Betty, or at least their parents, but... Kristen was in the shit. <laughs> Betty Ann asks Kristen where she got all the shit, and Kristen tells her it was in her attic. So... Yeah, Gary gets all his stories from his dad's magic shop, and Krista gets all her stories from her attic. Yeah. So she thinks that her parents were old hippies or something, and I heard that, and I was like, oh, her parents did drugs, and that's why she doesn't know what a scary is. It's all coming together. Mm-hmm. The kids laugh, and Kristen starts handing out her props like it's fucking Christmas. <laughs> She hands David a pair of sunglasses, and he looks like a homeless yeah. man who has just been given a loaf of bread by the queen. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> like His eyes light up, and he's like, for me? Oh like, like Dobby from Harry Potter got his sock. <laughs> Like, oh, Mrs. Kristen, give it David a sock. David's a free midnight society member. Kiki, she gets a necklace with a giant peace sign on it, and she says, Whoa, okay, I think she says, Whoa, sock it to me. She does. Okay. Gary asked what the he- what this has to do with the story. Which is a good question, but you can really ask that any episode. Yeah, with Kristen involved? Especially with Kristen involved. Kristen tells them there's an old saying that goes, if you don't learn from the past, you're doomed to repeat it. My story is a little different. In my tale, if you don't learn from the present, you'll repeat the past. That's... Kind of is the that, same thing. If you don't learn from the present, you repeat the past. Uh, yeah, that is the same thing, isn't it? The end result is you'll repeat the past. Yeah. Which, in this story, does that make sense? I don't think it does. No. No, it never does. They really need to work on their, like, teasers. Yeah, they do. She lifts up her necklace for some reason and continues saying, And meet your doom. Which probably isn't going to sound that great because we broke that sentence up, but I'm just going to go with it. The kids are all like, eh, you know, whatever. David reaches into a hollowed out tree stump and hands Kristen the bag of monkey bone powder. Because of course he does. She can't do anything for herself. (laughs) Yes, he hands his master the dust. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> Kristen takes it. It says submitted for the approval of Midnight Society. Bada bing, bada boom. Tail of Locker 22, baby. The story begins with showing us the Titicular Locker 22 in a nice close-up shot of the number 22 on it. So we know that it's the locker, you know, the one from the story. Very relevant. Locker 22. It's like, I almost didn't catch that it was Locker 22. I was like, oh, okay. So that's what you mean by Locker 22. Kiki comes out of there and she's like, so that's Locker 22. So it's like the title of the episode. (laughs) Chris is like, yeah. We've been at this for less than five fucking seconds, Kiki. <laughs> God damn. We see a nook of a school where it's like this locker is in like it's it's banished to a far off corner of the school that nobody goes to. <laughs> Did you ever see the episode of Even Stevens where Lewis has his locker or something in an old boiler room or something and he turns it into like a party room? Um, you know what? I didn't watch that much Even Stevens, but I think I might have seen that one. (laughs) Anyway, this locker is in, like, a janitor's closet. Yeah. In this old part of the school that no one should ever go into, and it looks like no one has. Yeah, there's just a bunch of shit everywhere. There's, like, fucking chairs piled up and hockey nets and shit. It's it's like a dumpster. Yeah, it's like, this is just... Oh, I don't, where should we put this chair? Oh, let's go put it in this fucking nook where uh, all these lockers nobody uses is. It's really where stupid. Where should we put this half-eaten apple core? Oh, just put it near <laughs> these lockers. <laughs> so some guy walks up with a girl following. He says they haven't put anyone over here in years, but dang it, we're busted at the seams. He doesn't know where all these kids are coming from. He tells the girl, here it is, locker 22, home sweet home. Does she really need to be assigned a specific locker? Couldn't she just pick any of those lockers? No one else is using them. No one else is going to this part of the school. Yeah, that's a good point. Nobody uses... Because there's more than just locker 22 here. There's probably like, I don't know, like 10 other lockers. Yeah, that he are could just walk and say, uh, Here you go, miss. Pick one of these lockers. Not, you have to pick that haunted one. <laughs> there's only one haunted one, and that one's yours. You know, the school looks like garbage. Yeah, this school fucking is shit. This is a school... This is like what I imagine a school would look like in RoboCop or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the girl, her name is Julie. She's got, like, shoulder-length brown hair. That's all I had to say about her. (laughs) I don't want to sound mean, but it probably will. But she looks and dresses like a middle-aged woman. (laughs) Okay, that's not that mean, because so did Amanda from Tale of the Lonely Ghost, so... She dressed like a middle-aged woman, but she looked like a young girl. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, you're not being that mean, because I... She's... There's nothing that I could describe her with. Julie has shoulder-length brown hair, and she is a foreign exchange student from Paris. That's it. She's got a nose. She has two eyes. (laughs) She has some ears somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> she like has, I didn't even write down her fucking She has a handful of teeth <laughs> Like 20 Give or take Somewhere around there uh, So Julie looks around for a moment and says "Uh, This locker's kind of far from things 
And this douchebag principal then pulls down his librarian-looking glasses and says, Are you complaining? And she's she like, She has no. been at the school one minute, and he's already <laughs> over her and fucking oh. just... How dare she? He took off his glasses. Like, he really needed to take time to take in this insult. Like, how it's, dare you? It's not even an insult. She's just how like, How dare hey. you question me? It's just like, this locker's a little fur- farther away than I was expecting. And he's like, yeah. what? This locker's not good enough for you? <laughs> She's like, um, there's a pair, a pile of used diapers in my locker. And he's like, what? <laughs> How dare you complain? We are giving you this locker out of the goodness of our hearts. <sighs> so she says like, no, I'm not complaining. But then he gets shittier with her and says, look. I've been here for far too long to take any grief from a transfer student who's only been here five minutes. And Julie's like, I'm sorry, you know, this will be fine. He says, good. Welcome to Derby, Miss Dufo. And he walks away and Julie looks around. She cracks open her locker and the camera just gets sucked into it and into its like dark interior. And the scene changes to another fucking chemistry class. We're back in Sorcerer's Apprentice. Miss Crenshaw teaching all the classes. She transferred to Derby after getting fucking mind absorbed by goth. Yeah. So the the principal's name is is Schaffner, but we don't get that name drop until like five minutes from the end of the episode. And I like him because he plays a douchebag really well. He's kind of insane. He is. Um, I don't think that he would do well in today's society, but man, when he yells at kids, it was like, damn. Yeah, he was really. Like, I yelling. almost fell in line. Yeah, I stood up straighter watching the episode. I was like, "Shit!" I was Shit. lining up Shit. my buttons and fucking combing my non-existent <laughs> hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. I was like, "Fuck it, shit!" Man. I was like, "Wait a second. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your assigned locker neighbor. Thank you so much for listening to our 16th episode of Up All Night. We greatly appreciate it. Are you looking for a new podcasting app to listen to your podcasts? I recommend checking out Podcoin. It's a new app that has all of your favorite podcasts, ours included, ready and waiting for you to listen. What sets this app apart from the rest is that you can actually get paid to do what you're already doing, listening to podcasts. While listening to any podcast, you accumulate pod coins that you can use to get gift cards or what I really love, donate your earnings to charity. As a father, I really love being able to donate to help battle childhood cancer. If you download the app and create an account, be sure to use the promo code Private Island, all one word, to get an additional 300 pod coins to start. Again, that's promo code Private Island. If you'd like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash private island and sign up for one of our three tiers. There's the Bronze Beths, the Silver Goths, and Golden Bostics. Each tier has their own rewards, like access to special bonus episodes, and even unedited episodes. I'd like to give a special shout out to Michael, our very first Golden Bostic tier patron. Thank you so much, Michael. We greatly appreciate your support. Interested in seeing pictures of characters from each Are You Afraid of the Dark episode? Head on over to our Instagram page, at Private Island Presents, to take a look. It's a great refresher if you haven't watched the episode in a while, or an introduction if you've never seen Are You Afraid of the Dark before. Brandon also creates exciting and fun gifts each week, so 
that is probably the highlight of my week. If you have a Twitter account, be sure to follow us at PRVT Island. We're very close to hitting our first 150 followers. All of the links to our social media accounts and the Patreon can be found in the link tree in the episode description. Are you feeling chatty? We would love your emails. We're always taking questions, so if you want us to answer your questions in the Season 2 wrap-up later this year, you guys can start getting your questions in. Our email is privateislandpresents at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the show, be sure to tell somebody about it. Because remember, everyone wins when there's Are You Afraid of the Dark? I just want to say thanks again for listening, everyone. We're still having a blast doing this show every week, and we honestly never expected anybody to want to listen to us. Last week, we hit 2,000 total downloads, which is insane. I'd just like to say thank you again, and here's to the next 2,000. As always, I'd like to thank All Hail the Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme from Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. For now, I'm going to let you guys get back to the show. Thank you so much again, everybody. Thank you, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. So the next scene, we're in this really boring chemistry class with this chemistry teacher who is like doing a terrible Ben Stein impression. Yes, that's what I thought. I think because Ben Stein was in um, Ferris Bueller. What was that movie? Yeah, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And he was like the chemistry teacher in it, wasn't he? Where he's like, Bueller, Bueller. So I think that they just took inspiration from that because this guy is boring. He's not cool. So when I went to college, I did some um, chemistry. Well, I didn't do chemistry. I did microbiology, which was a lot of like taking uh, like a test tube of fucking like salmonella and figuring out what kind of, you know, what it was by mm-hmm. doing various tests and stuff. Now, I have used pipettes in there. The pipettes in this episode um, are not the pipettes that I used. I just it had like this like hand crank on it and you just kind of like clicked it and it would suck the liquid up. In this chemistry class, these they had to put the pipette in their mouth and then suck the liquid up and then hold their finger on the end so the liquid doesn't spill out. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine like being in a microbiology class and the teacher being like, "Okay kids, now put your fucking pipette in this sample of E. coli and just suck it right up." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it seems pretty fun. Yeah, like, I don't know, (laughs) life-threatening? Yeah, kids are just having a drink of delicious poison and nothing can go wrong. Oh, my God. That's what the teacher does. He's explaining how to use this pipette by fucking sucking it up like a straw, which is insane, and then putting your finger over it so you don't drop the liquid. So Julie sucks up the colored liquid with her pipette, but she accidentally gets it in her mouth, which is understandable because it's basically a fucking straw. And she starts coughing, and she knocks her flask on the ground, and it just shatters. And a few kids jump from the noise, and the teacher is, like, pissed, I guess? Yeah, he's just... Just no one has any patience for her. No, which is really stupid. You it's think her first day at school, patience. and they're just like, God damn it, this girl, she just drinks all our poison, and she asks questions about our shit lockers. <laughs> Who does she think she is? Yeah, he just like he just says, "Don't do that." Like she didn't mean to dump her to shatter that fucking flash. Julie, 
Julie Defoe. <laughs> but then the bell rings and he says they'll they'll pick it up tomorrow. I'm assuming he means like the pipette sucking up part of it, but it like picking up the shattered glass. <laughs> kind of don't I have guess. to That's really do that right a, now. A safety hazard. Yeah, there's like another class coming in. Mind the broken glass. But that's the last time we ever see this chemistry teacher. Yep, he's out. He's fuck it. They're like, get out of here, Ben Stein. We don't need your money. He retired. So Julie leans down and she starts picking up the glass shards. And these two douchebag bully guys, Ugh, they kneel down guys. with her. One, one has a denim vest. The other yeah. looks kind of grungy. Which is a shame because denim vests are for cool characters. This guy sucks. Both of them are the worst. They're not even good bullies either. No, even by bully standards. Like, there's some good bullies in this show. Coda's pretty cool by bully standards. (laughs) Coda got eaten, though. I would wish these guys got eaten, but they don't. Yeah, it's... Like, Andy can swoop in and steal these guys and feed them to the fucking boogeyman or whatever. I'd be okay with that. They just suck for no reason. Denim Vest Kid starts telling Julie that next time we do it with acid... And then they laugh and they say, ooh, tasty. So then an athletic guy comes out of nowhere and says, keep it moving, bozos. And this guy's, his name is Chris. Chris, I mean, he's an athletic guy. He he plays he's plays baseball because he's got well, like he a, baseball a baseball jacket on cool. later. He asks Julie if she's okay. And he's got this hand broom and a dustpan. And he helps her clean up the glass. Very shittily. It shows them cleaning up yeah, the glass. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's really half-assed. Like, it's just <laughs> jiggling their hands near the glass. Like, eh, we're helping. <laughs> the way that he was, like, fucking using that du- the the broom was, like, he put it, smashes it on the ground, not even, like, the bristle side down. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. So, he's Chris, she's Julie, and she tells him she's never worked with this kind of stuff before. And then she says she's from Paris, and her parents came from came here for business. And Chris says, oh, don't sweat it. You'll get it next time. And then he asks her if she's lost, and she gives him a look, like, of course I am. And he laughs, saying, everyone gets lost at first. This place is huge. What's your next class? And she says, uh, art. She does that a lot. She's just like, um, this. She needs time to think. She has to process the question in French in her head. And then translate it back to English. Yeah. Okay. I'll take <clears throat> This it. whole time they're talking and going back and forth between them, it's really close up shots of their faces. Yeah. Like, I remember absurdly thinking, like, close up. Damn. It's like every every shot in this episode is just like right in their faces. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird. So Chris asks if she knows how to get to art class, and she says, uh, nah, nah. So he offers to take her there, and Julie puts down her safety glasses. And she looks over at this girl who's staring at her, and she's got just, like, a bunch of beads on. She's got a stupid headband, flowery hippie clothes. And Julie says, oh, you scared me. I thought everyone left. And the girl just stares at her kind of kind of menacingly a little bit. I didn't really get a menacing vibe from her. She's just sad. Just a like sad staring hippie. At her. Like, she's kind of glaring at her a little bit. Yeah. A bit of an intense <laughs> look, let's say. Yeah, okay. She's intently, intensely staring at Julie. Chris pops back in saying, come on, let's go. And Julie looks bo- back over at the girl, but the girl's gone. And she just brushes that off pretty easily like, oh, okay. She must have ducked down, whatever. Art class. 
Listening changes to lunch on a different day as Julie, which you can tell because Julie's in a different outfit. Unless she just got really dirty in art class and just had to change or something. But she's looking for a place to sit down and eat and she like actively avoids the bullies, which makes sense. And she finds a spot by herself. But the two bully kids, of course, get up and they sit down on both sides of her. <sighs> I just don't like stupid. these guys. They're just not good. No. The guy with his absurdly thin sunglasses just bothers me. <laughs> well, it's like they're not even that great of bullies either. They're going to bully one kid not even that well, and they're just stupid anyway. Yeah. She's not really that bothered by them. Yeah, not I mean, really. She, she just wants them to leave, but, you know, they're not really getting much of a reaction out of her. So move on to an easier target. That's what I'm thinking. It's the early 90s. There's going to be easier targets. So one of one of them says, Don, what do you think of the new girl? And and he, and he says, I don't know. Kind of weird, Fritz. Fritz. That's probably the last time I'll ever say their names. Yeah, Fritz Don crackers. and Fritz. She said, did you see what happened in chemistry? Well, she had this straw thing, and she sucked up the water, and the loser kid starts sucking up his milk with a straw. And the guy's like, and then what? And, and he says... And she sort of did this, and Julie backs up onto the floor. Like, she backs up and crawls on the floor, and the idiot takes a straw out of his milk and shoots milk all over his best friend, presumably. And Julie scampers across the floor as the two bully friends start throwing food at each other. There's this big crowd that just immediately gathers, just of kids, already huddled up like there's a fight going on, even though it's just the world's smallest food fight. And out comes the principal with his librarian glasses, and he pushes the group of kids aside so he can start yelling. Yeah. Which I guess he's not the principal, he's the assistant principal, but still. Yeah, I thought he was the principal the whole time until the end. That's because uh, they don't show a principal. This food fight, I mean, it's just two kids throwing food back and forth. Like, it didn't really get into a huge thing. Right. And that's what you always see in movies and TV shows, is one kid throws food, then the other one throws it back, and then all of a sudden everyone's doing it, and then they yes. break it up. But in this one, it's like a guy throws a tater tot, and then all of a sudden this assistant principal comes out. Like, he was standing right there, you know, handing out food, and mm-hmm. he was just there. And he he he's like that all episode. He's always just there. Yeah. He just shows up. Like, he's just waiting just outside of frame at all times. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, what's this? What's going on? <laughs> Who's throwing tater shots? Yeah, he... Well, yeah, this is the world's smallest food fight. Because it's literally just two guys, like, flicking mashed potatoes at each other. Yeah, it's like one guy spilled a pea from his fork. And he's like, what? No. <laughs> Detentions. <laughs> well, of course, he comes walking by pushing those kids aside and he gets hit in the face with some food somehow even though it's just two kids that are sitting right next to each other flinging a little bit of food at each other that's what happens in movies and tv shows when it's a huge thing and everyone's having a food fight yeah it doesn't make any sense in this context not at all but it does make for some interesting scenes because the assistant principal schaffner just starts screaming i said That's when I'm just like, holy shit, I gotta go to the principal's office. Like, I'm in trouble in real life. This guy has a very commanding presence. He's got anger issues. Yeah, he does. Real bad. The bullies look very neutral about everything that happened. 
like they don't seem to care that much. And Julie, she's still on the ground. She's crawling around or whatever. <laughs> crawling around like a rug rat, you know, whatever. And she looks up since she's like right next to the assistant principal. And the guy, he yells at her saying, did I say something about giving me grief, Miss Dufoe? And she starts to say she didn't do anything. Uh, but he's like, if you're a troublemaker, you've crossed paths with the wrong man. And when it shows Julie on the ground, the guy's hand just keeps clenching into fists. Yeah. Which is not appropriate. He wants to throw fists. He, he doesn't punch care. Who he hits. Julie right in the face. Yes. Luckily, he has the self-control to go back and punch a poster of Julie's face in his office or something. <laughs> he turns around and the kids are still huddled there. And he just screams, what are you looking at? To this group of kids and he pushes them aside. And then he walks by. What a weirdo. Yeah. Gets off on screaming at kids. So the scene changes to Julie walking to a crappy locker. She opens it up and we get a shot with the camera in the locker. And behind her is the hippie girl from the chemistry class. Julie puts her books away and the girl walks closer to her. And Julie turns around and the girl scares her. Julie's like, "Uh, don't do that. And then she asks the girl what she wants, but the girl stares at her for a few moments and then just fades away, all ghost-like. Julie doesn't scream or anything about this, though. She just kind of runs away and runs out the school. It's the thing with ghosts in the show is they're always mute. No ghosts ever want to talk. Yeah. The, the ghost's name is Candy, and she can talk. So I don't know why she doesn't. Can she? She she can when she's alive, I guess. Well, then she's not a ghost. Yeah, but like, okay, so the tale of the lonely ghost. It was established mm-hmm. that the lonely ghost herself was mute before she died. So it makes sense that she doesn't talk. Right. But for Candy, she can talk. She just doesn't. Yeah. She's intentionally mute. She just wants to kill some people. That's all she wants to do. <laughs> all right. So outside, Chris stops her and asks her what the hurry is. And she's like, I have to go. And Chris says, look, I heard about what happened with those guys at lunch. Forget them. And then gives her a little pep talk about staying in school, even though, I mean, she can't drop out or anything. So just whatever. But it's clear that that's not what's bothering her. So Chris presses her further and Julie says, well, I saw something. And she hesitates for a really long time. The scene takes way too long. But basically, Julie's like, promise not to laugh. And he says, yeah. And she says, I saw a ghost. And Chris mm-hmm. is like, a ghost? And Julie pushes him away and says, forget it. Forget I said anything. Chris walks after her, but the scene changes. And next up, we're presumably in Julie's room. And she picks up some stuffed animal thing. And then her phone rings. And she answers it really happily. Which is weird, given the mood that she's presenting us. She's like Debbie Downer. And then she answers the phone. And she's like, hello? Anybody? Hello? How you doing? Your French accent is flawless. So every night before I go to bed, I get in the mirror. I, I don't get in it. I, I look in the mirror and I say, Good. Don't follow any lonely ghosts into the mirror. Nah. I, I don't know, though. If there's like, okay, if there was a bunch of video games and stuff in there, I'd probably go in the mirror. Yeah. What would it take for you to go into a mirror world for all eternity? Mm. Bunch of video games? Probably like a really comfortable looking bed. Some food, like food everywhere. That'd be awesome. Like an infinite supply of food. If I could just live comfortably in there with my video games and and not going to work. Like if you were in there like waving at me, I'd be like, oh shit, it's Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) I just found a mirror in Australia. (laughs) All right. 
That would probably get me into going there. Mm. Oh, I guess my wife and kid, too. <laughs> yeah. Throw them in there, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I could get it, like, go in and come out, like, when I please and stuff. <laughs> no, you're stuck there forever. That's the oh. whole point. Beth wasn't stuck there forever. <sighs> so, Julie answers the phone. She's like, hello? And the bullies are on the other end, and they're giving her shit and pretending to be a ghost. They say, oh, I'm the ghost of Derby High. Ooh. She screams, leave me alone. And she slams the phone down. I didn't really understand this whole situation. I feel like they were just trying to, like, fucking extend the episode or something. This didn't need to happen. Uh, kind of did. It established, like, 30 seconds worth of Julie not trusting Chris. That, mm, yeah, I guess, but just didn't make sense. Next scene, we're back in Derby High, and oh my god, this is where I was like, this school is shit. All of the lockers yes. have just, like, this spray paint graffiti all over it. That's the thing, the is I thought, that? I thought it was just the abandoned part of the school that they threw Julie to. But yes. no, just the whole school is yeah. just like a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Yes, that's a great way to put it. There's, like, there's spray paint all over, like, every single locker, and there's just, like... Spray paint stick people and just like, I don't know, words. It's really weird. That That's ridiculous. Maybe it was an abandoned school and they that's where they had to film the episode because they couldn't just rent out an actual functional school. Maybe. I don't know. So anyway, Julie walks right up to Chris and she's really pissed at him, which rightfully so. She says, I trusted you and you had to tell everyone about what I said. And he tries to apologize, but she's like, you know what? You're worse than those jerks in the cafeteria because you pretended to be nice. And Chris is like, wait. And she pushes him into a locker and she walks away. But Chris follows her saying, wait, I only, I only told one person and I didn't think that they would say anything. And she's like, well, they did. And now everybody thinks I'm the crazy foreign kid. And Chris says, listen, I did it for a reason. And she says, oh, I'm sure. I hope you all got a good laugh about it. And Julie's walking back up to her locker and she opens it. The bullies are there and they throw a football at her locker and it hits her locker door and some beads drop out of it. And the guy says, sorry, as she picks up the beads and he says, I didn't mean to scare you. Although nothing probably scares you since you're a ghostbuster. Don't they have classes to get to? No. (laughs) I just sit in the halls and do pranks all these times. This... School is apparently gigantic, yet only has chemistry class. All schools only have chemistry class. Uh, Yeah, right. So Julie's like, stop it. And then they look out to the hallway and Julie gasps really loud because the other bully kid is standing there in a white sheet and he's got some sunglasses on. It's really stupid. Julie pushes him and runs away saying, leave me alone. And the, the guys high five because they're so rad. And Julie runs down a hallway with more lockers and they're all spray painted shitty like she pulls out those beads from the locker. She rounds the corner and there the ghost girl is again. And she's staring at Julie. She's playing with her beads around her neck. And Julie asks who she is, but the ghost doesn't talk. She just looks down at her beads and back up at Julie, who then looks at her beads. And she puts the bead necklace on and we get a really crappy black and white flashy effect. And boom. Julie's in the past. It sounds kind of like a lightning strike a little bit when they 
black and white flash into the past. So this is where Julie's back in the past now. And the lockers aren't as shitty anymore. So it's kind of like maybe they did it to so that they could differentiate the past from the present. I mean, but I guess. But it's so much lighter in the past anyway, though. So you can tell. Yes. Everybody is dressed groovy as hell. There's rainbow yeah. colors everywhere. Everything has an orange tint to it. There's weird yes. hippie sitar music playing all the time. <laughs> all the students I are hate high. It. Oh my god. Isn't this terrible? This is a kid's show. <laughs> it's just a school full of stoners in like <laughs> meow, 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 music. And oh, I hate th- I hate everything about this. Except for really that girl. Not I like your the girl. aesthetic, is it? No. I hate the music. I hate the clothes. I hate these fucking idiots bumbling around. Julie looks around and we see a few kids all dressed in the most generic hippie crap clothing. Some dudes are just bumbling around looking at a wall with a fucking payphone on it. It's so stupid. And then some tall girl with really long hair and a rainbow shirt and crap turns around. She's got like a fucking tattoo of a flower on her cheek. I actually kind of like her though. So (laughs) This girl is just smiling the entire time. She never stops smiling. She is high as fuck the whole episode. (laughs) She's probably my favorite character of the episode even though I hate everything else. (laughs) So this girl, I don't even think we ever get her name. She turns around and she says, Candy, those beads are so far out. And Julie says, uh, what did you just call me? And the girl smiles for a second. Okay, I'm sorry. She smiles forever. And she says, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Moon dance. And yeah. she says, that necklace is like boss. The music is just absolute shit. And Julie backs up. She bumps into this guy with this, like, what is even is this hair? Like fake dreadlock looking shit? I don't know. It's stupid. And he's clearly fucking high as a kite. And he looks at her and he says, whoa, cool, cool. And his face and his hands just get way too close to Julie's face. And it's like, what the fuck? This high school is the worst, no matter what year it is. Oh, man. Derby. Is this what Canadian schools are like? Mm, Probably. I haven't seen a good Canadian high school in this show yet. Uh, You know, I thought. At the time, that Sorcerer's Apprentice High School was, like, the worst. But, nah, this is the worst. <laughs> yeah, if you have to go back to the 60s, ugh. God damn. Julie runs away and past even more kids that are just fucking high on Mystic Vapors. And she finds her locker, Locker 22. It's got a big flower sticker on it with the name Candy right above it. And we stare at it for a few moments. And then Kiki chimes in to say, So this is the locker from the present. (laughs) Oh my god. I wish. There's there's actually no, no voiceover, no narration, no interludes. There's absolutely nothing from the Midnight Society this episode. I would have almost welcomed that in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Kristen talking over the music. Uh, God, I hate the music. That's probably the the thing that I hate the most. So Candy's back at her past 
locker now and the assistant principal walks out and he's younger and he's got like more hair and he's got this mustache, whatever. And he's like, I'm waiting, Miss Warren. And Julie stares at him because she does a whole lot of staring in this whole damn episode. Mm-hmm. But he walks away and then Julie takes off the beads and <laughs> she's back in the present and she's next to her shitty locker that has a peeled off flower sticker on it. That shows us the outside of the school and then and then we're inside again and Chris is at his own locker and he puts on his baseball jacket and he's walking down the hall and he gets stopped by Julie who says that they have to talk. Chris apologizes, but Julie doesn't really care about that shit anymore. She asks why he told someone what she saw. And he says that there's been stuff about a ghost haunting this place for years. And I know someone who knows someone who said they saw it. And that's all. I didn't mean to embarrass you. And she says, wait, I want to show you something. And he's like, well, I got to go. And she says, please, you owe me. So he's got to do it. They walk back over to Julie's shitty locker and she says, look, whoever had my locker before put a flower sticker here. See it? And we see the peeled away flower sticker. And he's like, yeah. And she pulls out the bead necklace and she says, this necklace, I found it inside my locker. It must have belonged to the same person. And she says, look around. The pain is old. Like no one has done anything for years. And Chris is like, uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> He starts saying, like, I'm sorry you had a hard time with those kids, but, you know, you're starting to spook me, Julie. And Julie says, spook you? You haven't seen anything yet. And she puts the beads around her neck, and she pushes Chris into her locker for some reason, and it phases both kids into the past. (laughs) Okay, so Chris is like, what the fuck? And Julie's like, I don't know. It happened last time I put on this necklace. It's like I jumped back in time. Yeah, so hold on. Okay. Chris is in the past with her. Yeah. I thought the necklace was like the key to the time travel. Because even the ghost was like, put on the necklace. Like, miming yes. to her. Yeah. Instead of just being like, look, I go to the past. Um. So now she puts on the necklace and she goes back in the past, but also somehow takes Chris with her. So how the fuck does this work? I'm not sure because I was gonna chalk it up to like she was touched it should have been a harry potter thing where she puts the necklace around both of them but then they'd have to like be twinsies walking down the hall with that fucking necklace but like i chalked it up to her touching chris but she puts it on then she pushes him into her locker and then they into the past so i don't know i can't answer that it's just inconsistent it is fucking Kristen, get your shit together so they're back in the past. They're by her locker, and out of nowhere, that tall girl comes comes over, smiles Smiley. McGee, yeah, <laughs> and she says, "Candy, who's this?" And Julie says, "Uh, you don't know him." And Smiles McGee says, "No, are you are you new?" And Chris just has this dumbfounded look on his face. He's like, "Oh," and the girl's like, "You don't know." And then she gets a huge smile on her face and she says, and she looks at Julie. Okay. Her huge smile gets huger. And she looks at Julie and says, if he figures it out, invite him over tonight. I got the Beatles white album. Bye. It's a dope album. I don't know any of the music on it. Do you? Yeah. Hmm. This is where I would uh, include some of the songs from the album. If I remembered which ones are from it. I, I was considering looking it up, but. I don't know. Is it, I know. Is I know that it's good. Like late Beatles. 
uh what the i don't 68 like they broke up in like late 60s Mm, okay uh, i don't think i care for late beatles i honestly don't really like the beatles in general actually that's weird um yeah i mean there's some good songs that i like from them but a majority of them i don't care for it all right i'm gonna read the track listing from the white album you got you got back in the ussr Mm. that's an all right one okay uh dear prudence i like dear prudence uh glass onion don't know that one Obladi Oblada, that's a catchy jingle. Uh-huh. Uh, Wild Honey Pie. Nope, not ringing a bell. The Continuing Story of Bungalow Bill. That one I might know, maybe. Really? Okay. No, probably not. Next. Wa- While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Uh, I love that song. I probably, maybe I'll listen to him. What's next? Hap- Happiness is a Warm Gun. I love that one as well. Okay. Okay, there's like 20 songs on this album. I'm not going to read them all. That's fine. All right. There, there's some good songs on there. Okay, I will look it up, I guess. I'm not the biggest Beatle fan, though. Well, so. yeah, you hate the 60s. After that whole white, the, the Beatles white album shenanigans, <laughs> Julie pulls Chris over to check out her locker, which has the flower sticker on it, and out steps the principal again saying, Miss Warren. And Chris looks at him and says, Shaftner? And he says, Mr. Shafter to you, who are you? Chris says, I'm new. Shafter tells him to learn some manners. And he turns back to Julie saying, now, Miss Warren, not tomorrow, not next week, now. Julie yeah. says, he just but. steps out to this locker and is like, come on, like five times. Uh, Yeah, every single time she goes into the past, he is there being like, come on, let's go die. So anyway, Shafter interrupts Julie saying, no buts. I'll stay late today to help you, but if your chemistry project isn't done by 4 o'clock, you'll be staring at a big fat F in summer school. You dig? Groovy. I'll meet you in the lab. He says it more condescending than that, but, you know. So Julie tells Chris something strange happened, which, like, fucking duh, Julie. And Chris says, tell me about it. That was Shaftner, but he was, he was young. Julie says, I know. It's like we're back in the 60s. Not that young. No, he's not. I mean, it's the same actor. He's just got a little more hair. They just added some sideburns to him. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. The sideburns and the mustache. Yeah. So Julie wonders how this happened, and Chris says, you said it was your necklace, and take it off. So she does, and they back to the present. And and they Chris is like stuck in stuck behind some of the crap when they get transported back. So it's like he got transported where he was in the I don't know. It's like, a good, thing good thing they didn't he wasn't put a wall standing in. where they yeah built a new wall. <laughs> anyway, Chris is like, oh man, this is wild, and and Julie deduces that it's the necklace, which of course it is. You already knew that, and it must have some kind of magic powers. And then they talk about how that girl called. Julie Candy. But who is Candy? Uh, I know how we can find out. And then the kids run away. And then they're in the library, I guess. Just like where a school... It didn't look like a library. It was like the school records. It's like the room, the back room in the library of archive of just papers. Yeah, they've just got free roam of everything. Yeah, they're like, Miss Crenshaw in the library? We need to look in those... We need to look in the archives. And she's like, <laughs> right away, right away, kids. And then a 
old lady brings him some bomb ass tea. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's the deleted scenes. Only in the in the DVD. So they're they're in this record room and and Chris Chris is trying to find it and he says, I've been checking nineteen sixty eight, you know, when the white album came out. And I'm just like, What? Who just knows that? It's not like he checked his smartphone. Someone with good taste in music. I, okay, I guess. He must just like the Beatles. I'll give him that. He likes baseball and the Beatles. Anyway, he says, bingo, Candy Warren, Locker 22. But who is she? You already knew that. You knew her name was Candy. You knew her last name was Warren. You knew that she had Locker 22. You knew this already, kids. There's nothing new. They look at a yearbook of 1968, and finally they find her. And it's her picture, and it says, Candy Warren, 1951 to 1968, friends forever. So she's dead, which makes sense, because she's a ghost. The scene fades, and the kids are walking down the hallway of lockers, and they're talking about if this crap is real, and the lockers are even more graffitied over here, and this damn school fucking sucks. Julie wonders why Candy's popping up and haunting her, and why, when she puts the beads on, people in the past think she's Candy. Chris doesn't know, but he says, listen... We can't handle this shit, and I don't know what to do. And Julie says, I think Candy's trying to tell me something, that this is happening for a reason. And Chris Chris says, well, maybe, but let's get out of here. And Julie says, I gotta go get my books. Let's talk tonight. She opens her locker, and then she looks at her beads. <laughs> what okay. I have written down. She fucking teleports to her locker. She looks at her goddamn beads again. Outside the school... We have Chris, and he bumps into another teacher. I think his name was Mr. Rattler. Doesn't really matter. He says, hey, you've been working here forever, right? And he says, well, I guess 30 years would be forever for you. Chris asks if he knew Candy Warren, and the teacher's like, oh, I haven't thought about her in years. But yeah, I knew her. Sweet girl. Such a tragedy. Chris says, well, how'd she die? Was she sick or something? And he says, oh, heavens no. (laughs) It was a horrible accident. (laughs) Chris is like, was it a car crash? He says, no. Actually, it happened right here in Derby. That actually makes me surprised that her inclusion in the yearbook was such a tiny little small thing. Like, she didn't just die. She died in the school. Yes. There should be like an entire two pages spread to her like, oh, we fucked up and killed this girl. We we all miss her, but it's just like in tiny little thing at the bottom. In a little, like, postscript, like, oh, and there was this girl. (laughs) And also this girl died. (laughs) They're trying to, like, sweep this under the rug or something, but the part I don't get is that they should have, like, a memorial somewhere in the school to to celebrate Candy's life. Yeah, she should have a a plaque. Yeah, a plaque at least, or, like, a stone out front. A bench. Like, a tree dedicated to her. The Candy Warren bench. Yeah. That's common practice. Maybe she does have a plaque or something, but it's just graffitied over and you can't read it. <laughs> so we zip back over to Julie. She puts on the beads and she's back in the past. <laughs> and Schaffner's there again. And he's like, now, Miss Warren. And Julie follows him. And then we zip back to the present. The teacher says Candy stayed after class for some chemistry project. Apparently she got a little careless and there was an explosion and fire and she was all black and bloody and she was screaming for help. It was crazy. Why do you ask? And Chris then asks, well, who was the teacher? 
And he says, oh, it was many years ago. Uh, duh. And Chris starts to walk away. But then he says, oh, it was Mr. Schaffner. And before he got promoted to assistant principal, you just get promoted to assistant principal when you blow kids up. He <laughs> was in the chemistry department. Uh, due to your negligence, you'll be promoted. <laughs> yeah. Now we're back with Julie. Shafter's setting up her chemistry experiment, and he plugs in a hose to the gas and a Bunsen burner. But the hose is, like, rotted and frayed, and it's a very clear fire hazard. Back to the present. <laughs> Chris screams for Julie, but can't find her. He checks present-day chemistry class, but she isn't there. And we zoom into Chris's shirt, and <laughs> we're back with Julie. <laughs> Past-day chem class. And Shafter tells Julie to sit down. And he gives her the stuff she needs to do the experiment, like a pipette for measuring. And Julie says, swell. Back with Chris. And then he tries to bust into Julie's locker. And then we warp back to Julie. And she asks what we're doing here. And Schefter says, we're identifying compounds by determining their mounting points. Uh, or would you like to skip to summer school? And Julie says, no, let's give it a try. But how do I, st- how do, how do, I do this? Why, why is Julie doing this? Does she is she doing this because she thinks it'll help the ghost situation? Yeah, I think so. Ju- obviously, Candy died because she failed this thing, and then she had to go to summer school. I don't know what Julie's thinking at this point. I guess I don't know. I would just be like, "Stop yelling me! I don't got to do this. This ain't my fucking homework." Shit. Yeah, take me to summer school then. I've got my own homework to do. God damn. <laughs> So Julie doesn't know what she's doing because it was established earlier that she doesn't she doesn't know how to use these tools for chemistry. And so Schaffner says, well, that's what this test is about. But I'll give you a hint. Turn on the gas and light the burner. After that, you're on your own. I'll be back in 20 minutes. That is fucking just it's not the way to do things. Got to light the gas. Fucking explode. He's like, you here. start this fire and I will just go and not supervise yeah. or anything. Here's a blowtorch. Don't and... cheat. <laughs> Back in present day, Chris is still trying to bust into Julie's locker when the ghost of Candy walks up on him and he turns around like super quick, which is weird because she probably didn't make any noise. But and he says, whoa, Candy. And she nods and he says, um, is Julie in the past? And she nods again. <laughs> Back in the past, Julie's turning on the gas to get this exploding stuff going. The camera Make sure to focus on the frayed and rotten hose. And Julie tries to light the burner, but she just really sucks at chemistry and the flint and steel thing. She's like, with this flint and steel, and it's just not lighting. And back to the present, Chris says, look, Candy's going to die. You got to stop her. And Candy walks close to Chris, and he's teleported to the past. Okay, so... You don't need a necklace. You don't need to be touching someone with a necklace. Like, this ghost can just take anyone to the past anytime she wants. Yep. She could have just brought back people all this time and been like, um, hey, save me. Uh, (laughs) just, like, make sure I don't blow up the school, right? She had to make sure she waited until a French foreign exchange student got her locker and was also bad at chemistry. No, she didn't. Uh, Chris runs away from the locker and we see Julie who can't even, she can't, now she's trying to light a match and she can't do it. She can't light a fucking match. She sighs cause goddamn, now Candy's going to have to go to summer school and then she walks away and Chris is now running down the hallway trying to get to Julie, but he's stopped by Schaffner who says no running 
And Chris says, Candy's in trouble. But Schefter's like, yeah, she's going to flunk. Bummer. And then we go zip back to Julie, and she's walking back with a lit candle, which is weird. How'd she light that candle? Where'd she find a candle? I don't know. How did she find a candle, and how did she light it? Because it's already shown that she can't light anything. Like, if she lit the candle, she should have just used whatever she used to lit, light the candle on the Bunsen burner. Yeah. That part did not make any sense to me. Anyway, back with Chris. He says, let me go. I'm your future pal. And he pushes Schaffner off him and into a locker. And then he runs into the chemistry class as Julie's about to fucking explode herself. And says, Julie. And she drops the candle, which rolls towards the Bunsen burner. But Chris grabs a handheld fire extinguisher. And he fucking, like, hoggle poison the candle candles fire out and he turns off the gas and takes out the hose as julie says what are you doing and in walks shafter saying yes what are you doing and chris gets right up in his face and says stop just stop look at this the shit's rotted through if you would have put fire near this the whole place would have exploded and he's like don't you check your equipment mr shafter shafter's like oh god you could have been killed i don't know what to say I like how he, like, you know, he realized the extent of the danger of the situation instead of making excuses like, oh, well, you true. shouldn't have pushed me or something. He <laughs> seems like the kind of asshole who yeah. would just try to, like, make it like it wasn't his fault. But he was like, oh, fuck, that would have been he's like, oh, man, it's like, oh, sweet, merciful Christ. What have I done? I'm a shit teacher. That's really true. I didn't really think about that when I was watching the show because I was ready for it to be over. But <laughs> you're very right. <laughs> so then Chris yells at him saying, you're in the wrong line of work. And he walks back over to Julie. Shafner says, thank God you saw this. If you hadn't. And the camera pans over to Candy and she's sitting down at a table. And then Candy says, I would have been toast. She speaks. She does. Julie closes her locker back in the present day. And she says, oh, so that's how Candy died. (laughs) So that's how Candy died. (laughs) Shut up, Kiki. (laughs) (laughs) Chris says, yeah, I saw her. She brought me back. And the two kids hug. And a girl sees them and comes up and says, can I ask what you're doing here so late? And the kids kind of fumble to think of a reason. And finally, Chris says, oh, I was helping her with her locker. And the girl says, oh, I know, it used to stick for me all the time, but that locker hasn't been mine since the Dark Ages. And Julie asks the lady who she is, and she says she's the assistant principal, Candy Warren. And the kids just stare at her and then stare at each other, and the bully kids walk up behind Candy, and without turning around, she says, gentlemen, my office, please. And the kids laugh, and Kristen says, the end. So it's the same girl from the past. Yep. So Chris and Julie just altered the flow of time and saved Candy. (sighs) Now she's the assistant principal somehow. Yeah, I gotta say, this is meant to be a happy ending. Yeah. Candy survives and everything's good, but I just really... It never sits right with me in stories where you change something in the past and it's like, oh, okay, everybody lived happily ever after, but... Just think about how much would have changed by Candy surviving. Yeah, like, she probably took, like, she's now now probably married to a guy who, in their timeline, would have been married to somebody else. Yes. So, essentially, they just, like, altered who was born. 
there is a man and a woman or a man and a man or a woman or a woman or whatever who fell in love, got married, had kids, and now their entire existence has just been wiped away. Yep. It's not a happy ending. I mean, let's let's look at it this way. Uh, Let's just pretend that Candy Warren is asexual and she doesn't want to have any interaction with anybody and she just takes... Uh, what's his name? Schaffner's position, and I guess Schaffner just is a, in a different line of work. Yeah, and that's the only thing that changed. That's impossible. Just, I know. <laughs> Very true. So, back in the Midnight Society, Kristen she looks at her beads, and and Gary says, "Far out." Kiki says, "Solid." David says, a "Psychedelic." Like he is asking a question. And Frank puts on some glasses and says, um, neato. And the, all the kids laugh at him, and he takes off his glasses. He is booed right out of the club. Because, <laughs> yeah, he does. They're just like, boo! Get the fuck out of here, Frank. <laughs> the kids give Kristen all of her shit back, and then that's the end of the episode. Oh, my God. I did not hate this episode. I thought that the, um... Uh, the tension building at the end with the, you know, jumping between Chris and, and Chris and the past with Julie. She's going to fucking blow up. I thought that was done well. But yeah. I hate the 60s aesthetic. Like I said at the top of the episode, it's okay. Yep. I think that's what we can sum this up to. Better than Hungry Hounds, the worst episode of season two so far, though. Yeah, for sure. There have been, there have been some good episodes so far. Yeah. Other than this one. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's two good ones, I thought, and then an okay one. So the moral of the story is don't help ghosts. Don't do it, guys. Stop it. They change the flow of history. All they want to do is make you explode instead of them. Don't help ghosts. You're either going to fuck up the timeline or you're going to get sucked into a mirror. Nothing good's going to happen from helping a ghost. Nope. Don't do it. Yeah, so talking about the story, though, Candy... So she's been dead since 1968, and it's 1990, like two, we'll say, maybe 93. Let's go with two. She hasn't had anybody save her in all that time. She's clearly haunted people in the like before. Well, and nobody's used to that locker for a long time, so maybe it has to be somebody who uses that locker. Okay, to establish will, the emotional connection. I will argue though. Because Chris tells somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody that got haunted by the ghost. And then that somebody or whatever told the bullies about this uh, that very same day. So I would assume that that somebody got haunted recently. So so do they need to have the locker? Maybe somebody else had the locker, but they just didn't help or didn't care. They were just like, you can fucking die. I don't care. I'm not doing your homework for you. Shit. (laughs) <laughs> the whole thing of like oh i told somebody so that because they said that they got haunted too that didn't need to happen they could have just found this stuff out on their own which they did anyway yeah that was just a waste of time you're not wrong all right so the tale of locker 22 um man i don't know if that was a good name or not but i think we could probably figure out something better anyway what do you surely think? like the tale of the beads the tale of the groovy tragedy. Mm, yeah. 
The tale of the Crenshaw chemistry disaster. <laughs> the tale of the asshole assistant principal. <laughs> the tale of it's okay to get high in school, kids. The tale of the ruined timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, the tale of the lonely ghost. <laughs> <laughs> the tale of the Beatles white album. It's a good one. It is. All right, Brandon. So the next episode on the list is The Tale of the 13th Floor. Mm. What do you think is going to spin this ditty? I think this one is probably going to be a Kiki. Okay. I think you said Kiki for the last one, too. You just want another Kiki story, don't you? It just feels like there hasn't been a Kiki in a while. That's because you're right. There hasn't been. Not since seventh episode of the first season. Yeah, she's the only one who's only told one story that's left. Yeah. Um, I don't remember anything about this episode, so I'm going to take a guess, too. And I'm going to say it is David. Could be a David. It's probably not a David. I bet you it's a Betty no. man, actually. It would be a very David thing to immediately follow a Kristen story. <laughs> you know what? Spoilers. So far, David's my least favorite member of the Midnight Society this season. <laughs> yeah, he was like my favorite uh, they, for one episode, and then he just turned into like a, a parasite that latched on to Kristen. <laughs> yes. I don't know what the fuck they did to him, but I don't like it. No. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Kristen. Chris- Shut up, guys. Kristen's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen's talking, guys. Be quiet. Okay, shut the fuck up. Kiki, shut up. Chris is talking. Kiki, yeah. we know that it's the same girl from the other story. We'll just keep talking. Just keep talking, Kristen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whew. So the tale... <laughs> the tale of the 13th floor, Brandon. What do you think this tale is going to be about? I think this is about a haunted hotel. I've heard that hotels don't have 13 floors for superstitious reasons yeah me too i've heard that uh and by heard that i mean i heard a mitch hedberg joke once but Mm, you know what that's probably where i heard it too (laughs) that's probably a thing so i think it's about a hotel that has a floor that a bunch of weird stuff goes on in and Mm -hmm. at the end it turns out that the main character is a ghost that died there oh okay cool i like it we'll see what happens I don't remember a goddamn thing about the tale of the 13th floor. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's exciting. I know. I kind of like the ones where I don't remember anything about them. Well, I'll meet you here next week and we'll go over the tale of the 13th floor, I guess. I'll be here. Yeah, me too. But for now, man, I've been up all night. I'm tired. About ready to go to bed. Yep. I'll talk to you next week, Brandon. All right. I'll talk to you. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.